Hello and welcome to Stories, the True and the Fiction, the podcast that revolves around one central theme, stories and the people that tell them. We'll talk about movies, TV shows, video games, historical events and weird news headlines. There's really no topic we won't touch. But it doesn't stop there. If you've got a story, something funny or random that may have happened to you or a friend, send it to the true and the fictional at gmail.com. Until then, it's story time. This podcast is brought to you by Rebecca Castles of the Rising Dawn series. Do you like violence? Do you like smut? Are you tired of the stereotypical novels of werewolf romance out there and want something a little bit different? Then pick up Sparked Revolution, book one in the Rising Dawn series by Rebecca Cassis. Available on Amazon, in Kindle and paperback. You too can become a sponsor of Stories to True and the Fictional by heading on over to buymeacoffee.com slash sttatf or follow the link in the show notes. It's strange to think that not long ago, my ancestors lived in terror, cowering away in caves, detailing their miserable existence on the walls with whatever they could find that would make a mark. However, to them, my grandfather included, those caves were the safest place for the monsters that saw them as only the meal. The same monsters we have since tamed. My tribe was thriving in this new world order. No longer the prey, but instead the master. And we wanted it to stay that way. But in this new world, our own species were starting to divide and war with each other, depending on which beasts they had managed to obtain. The Northmen relied heavily on the brute strength of their beasts, standing tall on the backs of sharp tooths whose only weakness was the last full shortness of their arms. The watermen on the west coast sought domination on the backs of sail spines and were fierce opponents, but hindered by the fact that their beasts were pussy eaters and preferred the taste of fish, even though their long snout-like jaws were filled with teeth just as sharp as the northmen sharp tooths. Then there were the idiots in the wild forest who risked it all to master the quick slashers. Yes, they were fast, and faster than any hunter beasts, and their claws meant quick death to many. But they were clever, too clever. If not trained from birth and kept under a very tight leash, they would gang together and overpower their masters. These three warring tribes brought chaos to the entire land and that meant plainsmen, like my tribe, were caught in the middle. We moved our chosen beasts across the plains with ease, using their massive numbers to our advantage. My earliest memories being on my mother's knee as she rode her prized three horn, whose large crest on her head, armed with three long, sharp-tipped horns, gave my mother and I perfect protection against many who would harm us. We were gentle people who blended in with our herd of three horns peacefully, 
and respected them. But that was a boring uh, life. And to my grandmother, she said I was a wild spirit. I was the trouble of the herd, always wandering away and exploring, seeking something I didn't know I needed until I found it in a trampled nest. I ignored danger to investigate the shattered shells to see what poor creatures never got to live under the sun and run with the wind, except fate one left, left one alive. And I wanted to believe fate did so to give me the kindred spirit to carry on my journey. When I carried the small bundle back to the burning pit my tribe was gathered round, I had to guard my new friend from the flames, for many thought it would be kinder to end her journey because she would never belong among us. But I was determined to prove them wrong. And in time, I did. As Sunfire grew from the scrawny little thing she developed, the strangest of features. She had, we had heard of such beasts, but had never seen them before ourselves, believing they thrived much further south than what we traveled. Some fire now stood tall than me, and we both stopped growing some years ago. And she was strong enough to allow myself to ride on her back. And we were faster than any of the herd, since she ran on two legs, not four. This helped me to get ahead of the herd and scout our paths, and sometimes gently persuade a wayward three home back to the herd. And some fire's rock hard head circled by smaller but piercing horns gave her a bigger fighting advantage. Together we had risen in the tribe with respect from our elders, but it also meant those my age were jealous and on a constant lookout for a reason to call for our exile. Especially Olena, the leader's daughter, felt I was taking the power that should naturally be given to her. But when she struggles to even ride a three-horn, how could she hope to ride Sunflower? Sunfire, sorry. Besides, the one time she tried, Sunfire nearly knocked her head clean off. Only I was allowed to ride, and I cherished her for that, because truth be told, I had always felt like an outsider. But with my beast, I felt at peace as we traveled headfirst into the world. Little did I know that by charging ahead of the herd would also mean charging straight into the middle of a blood-soaked field and catching the attention of a young but determined new leader of the Sharptooths. So you have just heard <laughs> a sneak peek into Rebecca Cass's latest epic series that she will now create. And I am eager to hear the remains. That had everything. It is exactly what we had discussed as a great series, an expandable universe, and of course, with a Pachycephalosaurus hero dinosaur rider, because that is a, that is a, that is not a, a Pachy, not a Pachycephalosaurus. I'm going to be it? very, very picky on this. It's a oh. Stygimolloch. Ooh, ah, ah. I, I know that one from playing excessive amounts of Jurassic World. Interesting. <laughs> yes. So, so what was the choice? Why was that the, the choice of the of the hero mount? Because, like my, uh, like Jamie, my son has made me play Jurassic World Lego excessively. 
<laughs> so I'm very, very well aware of what a Stygibollock can do. Um, and it's my son's favourite as well. He has been able to say Stygibollock since he was two. <laughs> really? Oh, so, yeah. What, but what Chris really wants is, is, a, is this beautiful scene of a velociraptor going, Alan! <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> One can only hope <laughs> that one of the raptor riders would be named Sir Alan, just just you know you know you know just just because then you bring it full circle bring it full circle obviously yeah but uh, we are of course <laughs> Jamie would you like to do I I, I am in I am too in awed to, to give <laughs> a proper in, to to, to, do, to give a proper introduction would you would you care to welcome us all okay uh, welcome to stories the true and the fictional, if you've been listening for a while. This episode is sponsored by Rebecca Castles of the Rising Dawn series. I'm sure I have and an ad... soon to be an even greater <laughs> series that will dwarf all her other series. Game of Dinos. What's the working title of this series? Um, Clash of Horns and Claws. <gasps> oh! Clash of Horns and Claws. Clash of Horns and Claws. I like it. That is... That's... Is that the title of the first book, or is it going to be like? Is it going to be like one of those like ones you get hash of horns and swords, a uh, 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 <laughs> uh, uh, stingy Moloch chronicles or something like you know? Whether they, they I mean, I feel that there's fancy titles where they, it's like it's a part of a chronicle, and then they have a title of the book. Mm, it's not exactly written as a story. It, it is actually my first piece where I've written it with the intention of it being like an episodic television series. You know, uh, because you said about it, it is, it does go back to what you said, Chris, about how you would like a dinosaur version of Game of Thrones. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, I like, and the only way I could think about doing that was if we set the timeline back to, I took it sort of like a mix of uh, Game of Thrones and The Good Dinosaur. Oh, I see it. I see it. Yeah. That's an interesting what mix. If, what if the meteor never hits? Yep, obviously. Okay, but primates still evolved. Developed. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, we just... The only way we could survive was by taming the beasts around us. Outstanding. Well, that... we Again, <laughs> we cannot wait to hear more about this amazing <laughs> epic... Because this right here is the birth of, of uh, you know, I, I can see it now. It's a birth of a franchise. Just going to say it. Just going just gonna to call it, call it now. Soon in the near future, when you're, when you're, when you're, when you know, when you're being interviewed with like Entertainment Weekly or whatever, whatever exists now <laughs> in, from the entertainment industry, they'll say, you know, you started off in the, in the, in the werewolf romance genre. What made you, what made you switch to the epic sprawling tales of, of, of dinosaurs fighting each other with riders, and you were like, "Well, it all came back to our, one of my loyal followers who decided that this was the <laughs> this was the correct path." And and the loyal acolyte would simply bow his head and say, "Yes, I was there upon the day <laughs> when I first heard the words, the first words of the grand tale." 
Well, see, in this time, it'll be known as the grand tale. There'll be nothing because of how wonderful Hollywood is doing and how all movies fail. There'll be nothing left but the grand tale. The grand tale will rule all. So I cannot. Yeah. I cannot wait to hear more of the grand tale. It's not the fact that my husband and my sons are all dinosaur obsessed <laughs> that influenced me at all. Not a so, Not even a little bit. I, no. Not even. Not even at all. Mm-hmm. And yes, I have a son who has had has more dinosaurs than I can, you know. And um, some of them are the really expensive ones that I get annoyed when he loses them because I yeah. bought them for myself. But, but no, <laughs> yeah, we, the, we even back. have a bumpy. We even have a bumpy. Mm. If you know what a bumpy is, yes. I bought. I bought them. I bought those dinosaurs from a like this a company, Stefish something weird and long. And they're like sixty Australian dollars for one dinosaur because they're like they're like really really well painted, and then my son takes them and puts them into the sand pit and ruins them. And then I'm going and watching them just. <laughs> I'm going like, mine. Yeah. You're not supposed my to play s- with toys. <laughs> uh, Alex has the original Rexy. Really? Um, yeah. Then it makes the the exact roar that he makes in the first film. Oh, wow! I bet that's not being played with at all. <laughs> Unfortunately, it it gets played with at three four a.m. in the morning. <laughs> that's fun to wake up to. <laughs> it is always fun to be waking up with the sound of a roaring dinosaur. No, roaring dinosaur or cuddle. roaring baby? <laughs> they sound all roaring very similar. They sound very similar. Yeah. At least I can take the battery out of one of them. You can do. (laughs) Yes, that's that is. Can you take a battery out of a baby? No. 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 Not with that attitude. Not with that attitude. You can't. That's right. Not not until not until our Lord and Savior Elon Musk takes over. Then all babies will come with batteries, (laughs) and then they can be removed at, at the owner's choice. No, no, Ryan. It'll be based upon Neuralink. Oh, basically, that's right. basically we will be able to pre- reprogram the baby not to cry. It's just, it's, yeah. it's you know, it's, it's Neuralink. It's, it's, you know, this is oh, the future. I like the comedian Dimitri Martin, and his solution is: you get you get a funnel that goes from the baby's mouth to its own ears, and so when it oh. cries, it goes, <laughs> and it'll learn. We actually do that as a technique. We call it the wine back. Oh. We actually did. We started this with my daughter when she was like three or four, and it works. Have you ever have you ever watched that reality show no. Super Nanny? I have not. No, no. no I, 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 yeah, I only know of it because she. Uh, I think uh, the the Super Nanny was married to uh, Nick Frost for a little while. Yeah. Or... There well, you go. She, she. The one bit of advice I ever took from her, and it actually works, is the wine back, and it's when your kids start whining at you. Going, oh, mummy, yeah. You go, oh, great, uh. <laughs> uh, Ah, the boing whip. Ah. So that, interesting. Whip. So they would find that annoying, annoying. On, a, on, a, on a personal level. Yeah. So and basically that, that scene from Community where Jeff goes, at the annoying college kids. And yeah. yeah. That works. <laughs> it, it does. It genuinely works. And now, no, my children dare uh, elongate the word mummy. <laughs> <laughs> See, this knowledge right here, 
this sage advice, <laughs> this wisdom throughout the ages delivered to us from Lord Rebecca Castle is the reason why <laughs> we must spread the message of Rebecca Castle <laughs> far and wide oh, because <laughs> the sage advice given to a lowly acolyte like myself has now taught me the... Uh, you have witnessed my future of my two-year-old son and said, here is a piece of advice gifted from the ages that will help you achieve maximum sanity. And because of this, this is a message now only being broadcast from the few hundreds of people that download it, but it must be, <laughs> we must take it further forward globally. For you see, <laughs> under the rule of Lord Elon Musk, he will give us the technology he will give us the freedoms, but what he lacks potentially, from what I can see from the many interviews, he lacks empathy. And Rebecca Castles will be will as will ride the empathy for the society that we will create. <laughs> Ryan, yes, in sir. this new found order that we will be developing and founding. What say? What what position are you are you uh, uh, inkling towards uh, obtaining in the in the new in, in the new formation of, of the new government? Mm. Very Based upon your your beautiful mustache, I'm saying pool boy, but and Pete's delivery man. But again, <laughs> or, I was writing for it. Or Miami Vice I Detective. Uh, I mean, I just like <laughs> Tom Selleck impersonated. Tom Selleck <laughs> No, no, I think, look, I'd like to, I'd like to be, I, I think I'd like to do something in the AI, cybertronics, mm. uh, you know, like um, cybernetics kind of department. I've always had a massive fascination with that. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to do what what a lot of crazy supervillains can't do and, and make sure that the AI and the cybertrons don't turn against us. So I think, I'd, I, I think that'd be a, a solid place for me to start working. So AI I'm relations. With that. AI, okay. You can't you can't do AI relations, but then limit <laughs> their function. Oh, it can't oh, be intelligent if you limit it. Words again. It can't be intelligent if you limit it. That again. But Ryan, you can always try the wind back method. With and the AI, that? with the AI robots, you know. If they oh start, yeah, yes, yeah. exactly, yes. If they're smart enough, they'll hate it. Well, like what the, the, I like what it's like what they said about Ultron in the, uh, the he's he's uh, the modern he's the closest to to a villain that we've had. He plugged himself into the internet for five minutes and wanted to destroy the world. But so he wasn't wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Was, like, he, again, so, completely justifiable to say this is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and you know, not to go all what is that? What's that? What's that? Um. What's that really old movie then Keanu Reeves did the remake of? Uh, Johnny Mnemonic? No, like it's about oh, like... Keanu did the remake of. Yeah. Uh, what, can, any more information? I'm usually like, pretty good it with It was from things. like the 50s and it was like a robot telling oh, warning yes. humanity. It wasn't it was War of the Worlds, it was... No, it was, it was the other one. Oh, the day the Earth stood still. Yeah. You see, he was right in that regard to say why would an alien race let one species destroy the entire planet when there are thousands mm -hmm. of species. So what, what we're all saying is that was, was, was Ultron justified when he turned on the internet and went, yes, we sacrificed dinosaurs 
for this. Yep. yep. We could have had dinosaurs, and yet we, but these monkeys rose yeah. up and took took control. Yeah. And I mean, hard to justify it. And and you know, one more thing about AI, and in, and in defense of Skynet, Skynet, every technology program is, has one weakness: yes. the users. Yes. And if the user does not prompt correctly, it's not the fault of the technology to then go away. Now, did Skynet save the planet? Yes. And let me tell you, let me let me be, be clear on why. One, did Skynet provide jobs? Yes. The humans remaining had to clean up the skeletons and then and, and move them all and and you know and and and, and giving them uh, industry and jobs. True. Did mm -hmm. Skynet save the planet? Absolutely. With all the bones now bleaching in the, on the streets and, and and allowed for plant life to, to grow back, absolutely saving the you know, Skynet is the first environmentalist, and I think we should all be be thankful <laughs> that we are now jettisoning towards the path on Skynet. Now, Rebecca, I am not as wise as someone such as yourself. <laughs> what do you make of this AI and AI art and AI? A prompting. Oh, what, what, what is your thoughts on the future? As as a writer, you know, you, you are a writer, and I and I you know you know, I know that you could write something better than AI ever could, absolutely. But what do you feel about this whole use of AI and technology, and in, in, that that is now going to be prevalent within the arts and arts today? It's something that um actually my me and my husband were literally talking about only a couple of hours ago. Okay, because other than just writing, I also do art as well. Mm. Uh, I actually have a degree in art. Yes. Um, so I'm very passionate about that sort of subject. But mm. it was there was a, there's an argument of pendulum art versus AI art. Mm. Have you heard about that? No. Enlighten us. Right. Uh, pendulum art is where you have a big, massive canvas and you hook a paint can up to the ceiling. I've on a seen string, them. Yeah, I've seen them do it. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The AI art is basically running on that same principle because you are just using the mechanism and the mechanism moving is what's making the art, not you. Yes. You're claiming to be the artist. Mm. Interesting. You know, so that make, makes perfect sense. However, are you still the artist because it was you enacting the motion that created the art? Hmm. So it's uh, you know, is it the actual action of it or the the prompting of the action that makes it the artist? Hmm. But then, so technically, just to jump in, yeah. If you went up to someone, an artist, and said, "Hey, hey can you draw this for me?" Does that mean I'm the artist because I got an artist to draw something for me? That's no, I exactly. think that would make you. In my opinion, that would make you the creator. You, you would be artist, you would be the, the patron artist. of the artist, obviously. Yeah. But much 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 as much as this be a podcast, collaboration. This podcast collaboration, does not exist yeah. without the patron saint Rebecca Castles providing <laughs> the funding necessary to keep the podcast going. It is the same concept. You would be the patron of the art, maybe not the artist itself. The commissioner of the art. Commissioner, that's another mm. word. Yes, I've yeah. heard you know, yeah. commission. You commission that, the that's work. something that's always happened, you know. Uh, our kings and queens commission royal portraits mm -hmm. every and, year. And I like the fact that the one of, you know, the fatter King Henry, he didn't kill the artist immediately after being having painted that one. That showed a, a <laughs> great deal of restraint from King Henry. You would have thought that 
when you look at that art, you go, that's a fat king. You thought that, <laughs> I, I would have thought that that dude was dead, like just straight out dead. But apparently, like, he wanted that. He wanted the art that way. He was like, no, paint it as it is. I was like, ooh, okay. Well, that was the era of realism. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. You know, it, it's, again, art student. Mm-hmm. It's very quick to point out royalist realism mm. because uh, back then it wasn't necessarily the looks or the, it wasn't the Kim Kardashians that ruled it was blood that ruled. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter about your looks then, per se. It was because no. you, were royal, you were divine by birth. By birth. You know, mm. whereas in this day and age, you know, you've got... We're ruled by the media. Yeah, mm-hmm. that we are. You know, it's very different. So, yeah, art back then was realistic, and I love it. Now... Jamie hates AI art with the, with with all his soul. Uh, with, with his... I hate it. I hate it. I agree with Jamie. It shouldn't be attempted and it shouldn't be done because it takes away from the soul of the the the. Uh, the you make the same argument as Jamie, and I've said, look, <laughs> let let me let me uh, let me something. <laughs> I follow several all the AI art, all the AI artists online, and I follow several AI art in uh, say AI influencers. We'll call them that, and I can't tell the difference between them and the human influencers because they're the, they are doing the exact same thing. Except, but, but the point the point is that it is a tool, much like any other tool. But this is the first time that art has been threatened by automation. Now, from my industry that I work in, you know, technology, we've always had automation has always been something that we we knew, we you know we, we knew was coming. Um, my entire teams, you know, and then, and then, so once I knew that was the case, I moved myself into the position of, you know, overseer and create creative, where I would just draw an idea on the board and say, "Hey, team, build this," and then walk off and say, "I want it done in six months," and then come back every now and then check on them because you know that's a safer job. But then, unfortunately, all of the developers and, and those people, yes, that their jobs are now very much threatened. But. So we've always lived with this, and and you know, factory workers for long times have had you know automation basically destroy and carve out their you know their their existence, and and all the the saying that we've always had from people from those in, from the art and the, from the creative side have always said like, well, haha, you should learn to code. But this is the first time that they themselves have now you know had to stare within the existential dread of their industry now. To Jamie's point, will there be people that will pay for good art drawn by a human? Yes, absolutely. Because even now, people will buy IKEA for the cheap furniture. But there were some people who were like, "Look at this mahogany, you know, wooden chair that that you know <laughs> that a craftsman had had you know built and and sculpted for me." And then like, look at these Italian marbled tiles, you know, each each. Each tile handcrafted by a mason from Italy. There always will be rich people wanting to buy the fancy art, but then art now has become more more available to the masses, and I think that's a good thing. But having said that, what I'd like to hear your takes, Rebecca, on that. Okay, so this is going to be a a bit of a rant. So bear. With I love me. rants. It's what we. <laughs> okay. It's what we do. <laughs> Automation equals laziness. Mm, okay uh, yeah it does it, it does. does because it does. we're seeing 
in every part of our lives now, not just with artwork. Okay. I went to Pizza Hut literally yesterday. Okay. And you walk in now and the hostess walks you to the table and goes, right, we're only taking card and you order through this QR code on your table. And then that's it. There's no banter, no this, no that, no the other, anything like that. Mm. So as I'm there with my phone, ordering our food in a restaurant on my phone, (laughs) I order the food. And before the food has even come, before I've even paid, it's asking me to tip my server. Oh, okay, no, no, I, I have it. Okay. okay, that's that's. It's that's... asking me to tip someone who has literally said two sentences to me. Okay, no, like, I, that no, I agree with that. No, they should no, get no, nothing. No. no, they're not getting anything from me right now. No, but then you see it at supermarkets, self checkouts. Yeah. I went with a big, massive trolley in Aldi. Yeah. To you know, there's six of us in the house now. It's a massive food shop, just it for one week. Mm. Go to the checkout, and all they've got open is the self-serve. And you have to put it all on these scales, balance it all on this scaled platform that cannot fit a trolley's worth of food on it. Mm-hmm. And you're not allowed to take any items off before you've finished. Yeah. And that's how I've got to do my shopping now. So, mm. yes, automation, making the lives of the industry better, but not the person. Mm. Now, with art, mm-hmm. you're going to see the same damaging effect. Art, for me, is my relaxation. It's my mental health. It's my way of expressing. It's for something to be able to computerize that and put mm. it down on paper feels like they're taking away human feeling you know we we grow our inspiration from things that have happened to us things that have um you know actually made us go oh hang on i want to actually draw that and the way we're feeling at the time makes the effect on that drawing mm. You know, the way we put put the brush straight down, the way we do this, the way we do it, it all makes the effect. Now, by using an artificial intelligence, I think that's actually rather insulting to the artist. Mm-hmm. It's a lazy way of getting human emotion that's not genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're seeing it, like I say, not just in art, you're seeing it in every bit of day-to-day life. You know, your supermarkets, your restaurants. Even when we went to EE, because my friend from America is over, and for some reason, the pay-as-you-go SIM card she bought while she's here is not giving her internet. We went into the shop to try and get it solved mm-hmm. and said, oh, we can't do that, but we'll get you, give you a phone so you can in customer services. <laughs> they couldn't deal with it in the shop. And I said, why? At the end of all this, I, I turned around to the guy and said, why can't you deal with it in shop? And he went... Because it's not recorded then. Because <laughs> you've got to record. Interesting, interesting. There's no proof. There's no backup. There's no we could yeah. yeah. Okay. Now let me let me let me paint one scenario for you, Rebecca, and let me see what you feel this one. So 
we have this amazing idea about Game of Thrones dinosaurs. Yes. The chances of, of, of you know, studios picking it up is, you know, rare because, you know, they don't like making good things. This is this is just no. Um, is, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. They, they like, I, um, I'm going to say studios in this day and age are on what we call the reboot era. Mm, yes, yeah, yeah, sure. They don't want new yeah. and original ideas. Okay, no. that, 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 that's, yeah. So what if we had a tool where you could draw the characters, you could draw the dinosaurs, we could then plug it into the tool, then me, Jamie, and Ryan, who, who are very visual, could then draw stick figures of what the scenes and then construct an entire piece of work in terms of maybe a comic or even maybe even a, an animation, but using your base art but having an AI draw exactly what you of your characters, we could then create very cheaply uh, an amazing piece of media that we could then sell on to the people. But it's still obviously based on your art because we would need the 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 framework what do you, what that's us using a tool that would then enable us to get this amazing story out there what is your would you say that's bad ai um no because someone actually already does that and they have done for uh, a long long time matt uh matt and trey from south park yes they, they yeah. created the original drawings and at first it was stop animation mm-hmm. but over time they developed the uh, actual technology to do it computerized now. Yep. But yep. the technology that we're going down will allow us to have access to the say, these tools and then be able to... And then, to me, it's then not how much money someone has of a studio. It's basically who has the better idea. And I think that's always a good... In, and that, that's always good. Now, having said that, will there be... A bloodbath of artists and writers losing their jobs. Yes, that's a hundred percent. You know, that's that's going to happen. But maybe then originality will then surface itself in a different in a different measure. You know, underground would you know, as as you see the as you see the corporate press and media go one way, you then see other you know independent channels pop up and then gain control. This would be the same thing. Whilst whilst you know. It's that as as um as as Jamie and I's favorite um internet person who rants all the time, Tim Poole says we're creating culture <laughs> in, in opposition in opposition to the current culture. And so this is what we're saying in terms of in terms of where we could use the technology <laughs> well. And and but, and her face and her face says that she's aware. <laughs> you're you're basically saying, Chris, that the the best option for the AI is kind of scorched earth. Let it take over and then use what will rise from the ashes, as you say, like independent creators and stuff. We might actually start getting good media again. Uh, I yes, absolutely. This or, you look, or maybe you don't need the AI and you can just get a good team of people to come together and you know again do something. That would be amazing if good people started to come up with new ideas. But we've yeah. Yeah. but we've proven that that they can't. <laughs> No, I'll just say, I, think I think we've proven. Well, I mean, if you need if you need a bigger if you need a bigger example, you know, you look at the current Marvel, you know, oh. uh, Infinity Saga. Oh. Oh. Everything everything else, bar a few oh, movies from Infinity guns. Saga to now, is has been absolute rubbish. Hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, Infinity Saga. We had, I think, two movies that weren't great out of twenty three or twenty four. Iron Man three. Yeah, Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Captain Marvel. Possibly the second Thor? I'd say I enjoyed the second Thor. 
That was the yeah. the whole um, ether, and that actually brought us into no, no, the Rebecca, Infinity well, you have Stones. A, you have a thought on the first Captain Marvel film. You, you seem to have, you seem to have you have a thought on. I fell asleep halfway through that one. <laughs> okay, no, there, 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 there. <laughs> I wish I did. I wish I did. <laughs> I that 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 film. Oh, for, uh, I, I I'm trying not to use my husband's <laughs> language. That set back true feminism to me. It really did. Well, I mean, um, the the whole thing that they said you need to see this movie if you want to understand Endgame was a crock of shit. Oh yeah, it was. Definitely. It was. It was like no, you don't need to. If they if they hadn't said that, I might have been a little bit more lenient, and 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 I say a little bit, a little bit more lenient. But they said no, you need to watch this movie if you want to truly understand what happens in Endgame. No, you don't. Yeah, but again, that was the actress influencing mm. um, outside of the movie what yeah. happened there. Yeah, it's the same as what's happened with Snow Woke. You know, the actress is... <laughs> it's the same thing. The actress has gone and decided to uh, voice her personal opinion about what the movie is for and what it should say and what it should do for women everywhere. Then women have watched it and men have watched it and gone, what? <laughs> you know, you're just spouting a whole load of nonsense and it's not worked. So then her part, what Captain Marvel was meant to do for the entire saga then had to be completely rewritten because they couldn't afford to change the actress. Uh, the actress she had a deal. Yep. She had a deal. So instead, they did the same as what they've done with many, many actors who have damaged series. They've written her out. They cut her scenes. <laughs> Captain Marvel was meant to have such a different outline in that entire movie. Mm-hmm. But because of the plat the she decided to take the platform that was given to her in her solo movie and make it political. There's no need mm. to have made it political. None. Yeah. I think the perfect yeah. example of that, I am, I am, and, and I'm going to alienate all three of you non-sports people <laughs> because the, the perfect example is, is a quote from Michael Jordan when they asked him about why is the answer more political and he said, because Republicans also buy shoes. And, and, and you know, <laughs> and it makes sense because if you're, if you're trying to create a mass media art, artifact or if you're trying to create a, a consumable product, you want to try to hit as many people as you possibly can. Yeah. And it's very easy to do that because people, because human stories resonate, whether regardless of what side of a political aisle you sit upon, they resonate, and then their and their good stories resonate. So it's an easy sell. Some of my favorite, one of my favorite, uh, I think, are some of our favorite action um, heroes of all time. Of course, is we all remember Aliens. We all remember Ripley. Getting yep. in of the, the mechanical machine and fighting the queen mano a mm-hmm. mano in one of the greatest battle scenes in. Yep. Far and far yet now guy. they're trying to say that that you know we didn't have enough strong female movie characters. I think they're going. We had the strongest of them all. But remember, also, 
Jennifer Lawrence is the first, remember? She's the first oh, female action star. Yes, 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 yes. I was about to say that. I was about to say that. Jennifer Lawrence. Katniss Everdeen is the first ever strong female lead. No, you've got um you've got Ripley. Ripley. You've mm-hmm. got um, Terminator Sarah Connor. You've yeah. got even just before um the Hunger Games. You've got Charlize Theron in Mad yep. Max. Oh, that was yeah. yes, that was a such a love that Mad love, Max was love, not love the lead. Charlize Theron yep. stole it. Yep. Yeah. You know, Great movie. So empowering female leads. No, she can jog on. Even Rapunzel from Tangled was more empowering. Oh, love again. Magical film, one of my that favorite. Was, that's of all time. literally the last great Disney movie. Uh, I'm not allowed to say that in Angles. case my daughter ever listens to this. Look, uh, look I, I will say I didn't mind Moana as well. I'll say that like I didn't mind Moana. Yeah, but yeah. You, you didn't mind Moana in the same sense that once you watched Avengers Endgame and then you watched, say, I don't know, Spider-Man No Way Home, you know, you didn't mind Spider-Man sure, No Way Home. And let us not forget the Kate Beckinsale era of films oh, where, yeah. we ha- where we had... Underworld, Underworld, oh. which again yeah. loved Underworld, and and, and and Mila J- 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 Mila Djokovic, no, no, J- Mila Djokovic, yeah, Mila Djokovic like from Resident films. Evil, Resident yeah. Evil, Ultraviolet, she had like a bazillion Element. films of a female, and, yeah. and and let's not forget she was also the star of Fifth Element. Like, come on, let's not, yeah, let you know, no multipass? female, exactly, no, no, no female. Strong yeah. female character, my but that's foot. like that's that's like when that's right when that when they when Black Panther and don't get me wrong, fantastic film, great actor. But when Black Panther came out, oh, we finally have a an African American led Marvel movie. And where's his last night? Blade was Blade was the first Marvel yeah. movie that officially, you know, officially yeah. kicked off the mm-hmm. that Spider Man era. And Wesley Snipes is like, hold on, did someone forget about me? But the people just generally the say IRS that they, they don't do the research. The IRS didn't forget about it. <laughs> no, they did not. They did not. But people just uh, people. I, I think we're in the era, and it's, it's so frustrating. Of and yeah. this is might be my grumpy old man moment. Uh, but people are in the area. They just say things without doing the research. And I don't think it's just all you have to do is you have a perfect tool called Google. No. Uh, just do a little tiny bit of research before you say something that comes out of your mouth. That will be heard on a platform for everyone to hear. And even if you're too lazy to to open the phone and type it on, you can just go ha- talk to your phone and yeah. ask it to Google. Yeah, but exactly. it's not always even just the facts; it's the opinion. It's mm. the it's the it's the automatic need to have your opinion be everyone's opinion. Yes, that's oh. the issue. Yeah, you could have all the facts you want. I mean, I heard the greatest oxymoron the other day. It was fantastic. <laughs> and it was on, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. It was fantastic. You want to hide behind the... F- um, you're just hiding behind facts and not facing reality. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> facts are reality. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? 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 And that was said to a politician from a random chef. How is that? How? Exactly. Reality I'm a, TV. Uh, there you go. Yeah, at the moment, Nigel Farage is on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Oh, yeah, I heard about that, yeah. It's brilliant. I'm, I'm loving it. 
He must be getting a lot of hate. Oh, yes. Actually, actually, no. Really? Actually, in a t- twist of fate, the uh, presenters, Ant and Deck, are getting a lot of hate because of the way they're attacking him constantly. Ooh. Well, well as, as Tim Paul says, the tides are turning. I mean, look at, uh, look at Argentina. I'm currently packing my bags, uh, ready to <laughs> sign up for a passport. And <laughs> I can't believe Tim Paul's infecting another part of my life now. Yeah. <laughs> my Australian part of my life, Tim Paul's there. Fantastic. Yeah. He's everywhere. That's just a thing. He, he, he's everywhere. He's he's, he's I, I, I am conflicted. I am conflicted with him though, because he is on one hand a skateboarder and a rollerblader. And they used to be at war. Like back in the eighties. Yeah. Skateboarders and rollerbladers do not get along. And he's um, for me it's the it's the fact that my daughter has got um his music now playing on oh, her yeah. phone <laughs> constantly because <laughs> of her father. <laughs> oh. She's nine and is playing temple music. Interesting. Mm. Well, that's... Well, it's a, I, I'm not a fan <laughs> of his music, but that's, you know, that's more Jamie's thing than mine. I appreciate the song once. Not a yeah. hundred times. That's what a nine-year-old will do to you. So what you're oh, saying sure. is Dis, uh, Temple is the new Disney, where kids get excited about the music and play the same thing over and over and over and over and over. Only if they're the children of Neil Castles. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be that weird person. I know I've been on a lot of painkillers lately <laughs> over the last six months, but who the hell is Tim Pool? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's a political commentator in America. Half, okay. half Korean, half what's what's his his mother's Korean, isn't he, Chris? Yeah, and then he's white, so yeah. part white. Okay, but also according, but according to you know the U.S. census, he'd be all white because you know yeah. Asians are white. Yeah, because then we we discovered that because U.S. census now determined Korean and Asian nations to be white. The only so, so- welcome, <laughs> welcome, Chris, welcome, welcome. <laughs> I, I am now white. I'm more whiter than I've ever been in my life. It's fantastic. Welcome to the Commonwealth. It was. I think. Um, I think we found that out. I think they actually declared that just be- either just before or just after your son was born. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had a little celebration. So he was actually he's moved up a class when he was born. So yeah, that's right. He's know. now he's now officially white. That's but yeah. That's a, like, look. I'm I'm going to be the first to admit I don't watch the news. I stay away yeah. from all of it because it's just too depressed. I, I don't I don't want to give in to the fear mongering of the media. It's just yeah too de- too depressing. So I I get my news yeah. from Jamie and Chris. In our chats, that and I'm happy with that. Okay, kind of okay, uh, Temple and Babylon <laughs> B as well. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, as a parent, though, you want no, you to have, be yeah, yeah. on the news to, yeah. because I have to, I have to keep to. my kids away from it. You know, yeah, yeah, kids, yeah it, when the thing happened with Ukraine, um, yeah. for some reason, my daughter's school decided it was a good idea to show news round in the classroom. <laughs> Uh, it showed about Ukraine. What I thought it was very stupid, seeing as one of the little girls in the classroom is actually Ukrainian. Her mother's from Ukraine. Mm. Her uncle's mm. stuck there fighting the war. I thought that was very stupid. Yeah. Did they consult you at all before they did? They say, "Hey, we're going to be doing this," or they no. just did it. They just oh, did God. it because in this country we have something called um, News Round for Kids, yeah, okay. and it's on CBBC. 
So it's on yeah. the kids' network. Oh, and yeah. it's a kids' news round. But they still touch on what's actually happening in the world. Hey, kids, right. let's talk about murder. Yay! <laughs> yeah, so I can totally yeah. understand how, you, like, and then you, you know, your kids would come home and probably have a lot of different questions about that. So, mm. um, and then the only my my cats don't talk to me unless I'm I'm on painkillers, so I don't have to explain much of the world to them. So I can understand oh, why you. They would know. They know. They know. And I like they, to they, bet even then they're just saying, "Come on, Ryan, get me some more food." Yeah, it's, it is. It's literally. It's just feed me. Well, cats are socialists by yes. nature. They are. Yes. You know, cats are socialists. Yeah. Yes. They're saying, I need to do nothing, but I should be, be fed, clothed, mm-hmm. and looked after by the mm-hmm. state. This is, you know... What's the, the, what, what's the, classic, uh, the classic analogy? Cats, uh, cats say, I, you feed me, I am God. Dogs say, you feed me, you, you are God. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is, yeah. I, I'm not. Hey, a, look, I, you I know. don't hate cat owners. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate that. <laughs> no, well, look. Here's my thing. I don't hate cats. I hate living with them. Even though one of my cats is completely and utterly obsessed with you, Chris. That's you know, every that's time just, you come yeah. over, she she you is just you smell the evil and the world domination. Well, yeah. That's right. <laughs> she's, see, like a good socialist, she understands where the power is coming from, and yeah. so she decides. She, she's deciding. Yes, well. <laughs> Suck up to the power. Oh, That's, okay. Okay. Like a good no, socialist. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love cats. I love them and I wish I had one. Mm. But I, I was given the ultimatum of I could either have a cat or a baby. And then two weeks later, sure. I found out I was having a baby. So the choice kind of got taken mm. away from me. That's fair enough. No, I've never been a cat person until until we got our first. And now, honestly, they're the best things ever. They look after themselves. They come and see me when they want food or affection, and that's it. I don't have to do anything. See, I, I maintain, and this is this is this this is a wild <laughs> theory of mine, and it's backed up by abs. Let me be clear: this theory is backed up by no research, no <laughs> quick Google search, under, no no true understanding of anything, no, and and it's basically things that I'd like to spew out of my mouth. But I did convince someone of this once before, so I'm assuming it's going to be accurate. Um, okay, before you start, before you start, Chris. The views expressed for, by Christopher Park do not represent the views expressed <laughs> by other members of the podcast, including Rebecca Castle. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Cats teach people it's okay to be a part of abusive relationships. Yes. And, and let me be clear on that one. I'm so glad <laughs> I put that warning in front. Exactly. Let me be clear. You go over to a cat and say, hi, it scratches you and goes nuts, and you go, oh, I'm sorry. What did I do? The fuck? <laughs> the fuck? What do you mean? What did you do? Like again, and and, and I have discussed discussed this with the feminist, and I almost broke her mind. And and and, and the cats <laughs> teach you that it's okay if you know if your partner's a little bit abusive, and you know it's like, oh, it's your fault because he has scratched you. You must not be doing something right. Like, that's cats for you. That's why they're evil. Feline gaslighting. <laughs> uh, yes, Ryan. It's good that you go. give a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a, a warning on that one. Like, yeah, yeah. I should. I think I should have done a trigger warning. Actually, more than a more than a um a disclaimer warning. I'm going to splice that and have it at the start of every episode. Yeah, every, yeah. You've got to have to. Look, every no, no, no. Every episode that Chris is on. 
Yeah. Again, and this is why I don't do the interviews with you guys because <laughs> I, I want you guys to be successful and not be. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed our last interview. I won the argument over which Final Fantasy Seven, uh, Final Fantasy yes. is the best. I, again, because I'm a man of I'm a man of reason, and I will listen to arguments. No, but he'll then... listen to arguments coming from British people, not Australians. <laughs> I haven't Googled or searched that out, you know. But... From a British accent, it sounds more, again, Compelling. from a British accent, it sounds more official. Convincing. Which is why Britain was able to go to thousands of nations and go, my land, and they went, okay, yeah, absolutely, of course, yeah, look, yeah, the voice, yeah, of course, and they just you went... See? I find that so strange about how it's all about the, uh, the British accent, because... Yeah. You know, in Britain, we always say you, you're just a stone's throw away from a different accent mm. in Britain, mm-hmm. you know. And the thing is, be thankful, you've never got me angry, so you've never heard my true accent <laughs> come Ooh. out. Cthulhu. Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, so what, what, but, what's, your, what's the what's the what's the nomenclature of your accent? What's it called? What's the what's the the terminology of your accent? Is it a where are you, where where whereabouts in English from? So my accent, I I was um, raised in Wigness, mm-hmm. which is known as Plastic Scouseland. because ah. it's so close to Liverpool, so a lot of people there have a Scouse accent. Yes, that was right. However, it. yes, it's very. <laughs> it's awesome. Um. <laughs> I have a kind of coconut pack of chips sort yes. of accent. Um, but my dad did not like the Scouse accent, so I was not allowed to have it. Mm. <laughs> so I was brought up to sound very much like I am now. Uh, so a lot of people in school thought I was very posh, mm. when in actual fact, I wasn't. I was just as common as muck as they were. Um, <laughs> But because of the accents, me not having that Scouse accent made a difference. However, I was also brought up by a Welsh woman. Ah. So I tend to get a bit of a Welsh twang when I'm angry. So my husband hears it quite often. (laughs) 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 So... Yeah, that's that's why, you know, sometimes I sound a little bit scale, sometimes I sound Welsh, mm. but a lot of the time I sound in the ter- in the words of mean high schoolers, like I've got a silver spoon up my ass. Oh <laughs> yes. Because you're trying to speak a clean you're, you're trying to clean the accent up a little bit, I see. Yes, that makes sense. Yes. Almost like yeah. Chris does the same thing. Yeah. With my accent, <laughs> yeah. removing all of the Australian. Yes, yes, yes. I well, that's I the did. thing. See, when I when I first when I first met you, Chris, like I'd known Jamie for years and years before that because we used to play in bands together, and, and I listened to the podcast that like because like the first time we all met was they were having me on as a guest for a podcast as a Batman expert, and um, so I'd known Jamie and I and I'd listened to the podcast and I said I met Chris and I was like. You sound nothing like you look. <laughs> not not racial, not racially, but like I expected Chris to have a top hat and a cane and like a a nineteen forties radio host. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
I expected that's what I expected Australia, when I saw print. And then and then I think oh, I don't think that was the one of your many times where you've showed up for recording in a bathrobe. Um I think it was more of a just a Star Wars t-shirt and some long pants. But yeah. I never yeah, I just expected to meet this uh, this 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 um you know double bay Oh Mr. Darcy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought yeah. it was crazy. Yes, I know. I never it, would have it, it's you. it's odd when someone articulates their words. It's 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 quite <laughs> it's quite intimidating. <laughs> apparently, I hear it was it was and it was great that that Ryan turned up to that then podcast as a bat, Batman expert, proving that he was a Batman expert. Instead of that time that Michael brought along his friend who was a Stargate expert, who'd maybe seen knew four nothing about Stargate. Yes, yes that, was, that, was, that was hilarious. Yeah. Indeed. Well, I'm glad. I'm oh, glad. I'm glad. There we go. That's I understood standing. that reference. Um, nice. nice. <laughs> oh, come on. I, you, I think you've got to have gathered by now. I, I, I lost this argument. I am a geek. I yes. am. I'm very much a geek. I lost it a long time ago with my husband. Um, that that fight, and it is now official. I love uh, Babylon Five, Stargate. You know, my favorite ever character in in um, Star Trek has to be Quark. Um, it, it's yeah, no, I love all things sci-fi. Battlestar Galactica, another one of my favorites. I liked that so, show when they had a budget, and they had lots of ship fighting. <laughs> and then yes. they, when they lost their budget, they went all weird and introspect and, and and all thought provoking. And then they became less interesting. Um, <laughs> That was that was the weird. That's the weirdest show to watch because you watch like seasons one, two, and three. It's like going like you know, like it's it's you know, um, it's you know, giant ship battles and you know, dog fighting in space. And then like they went, we have no money. What is the human condition? And then there's a waxing, they're going like, what happened to my space battle show? <laughs> it's the weirdest it all, thing. It all became um, became about just a music chord. Exactly. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but again, like, look, I have okay. Sorry, like, not to, not not to, not to get onto the Battlestar Galactica thing, but I, okay. I have never seen more <laughs> dumb decisions made by commanding officers than I have watched in that show. Um, where you know where they they finally decide that they're going to escape um, the Cylon occupied world and you know go back into space. They go, hmm, we have two choices of ships: the really really old Battlestar, or <laughs> The, the the top of line Pegasus battle the the base the, the Pegasus class which replaced the Battlestar which is like you know twice the power twice the, the ships and they go you know what yes let's use that as a decoy and escape in the really shitty one again because that's the one that shows that it's like going anyone with a brain in their skull would go <laughs> let us leave in the most modern one so we have a better chance of surviving space but they go no no let's blob that one because you know the show's named after that one. So let's let's continue on with that. I was like, oh my god! They, that's they, just, they couldn't have just changed the name of the Pegasus to I, I, to battle again. It, it was again. It was it was one of the it was one of the decisions that just I was like going like watching going like going. I know why they're doing it because the show is called Battlestar Galactica and it's all about the old ship. It's also like going that made no sense from any sort of strategic or military <laughs> standpoint. On you know, you have a Pegasus ship which could go toe to toe with with the enemy base stars. Versus the Galactica, which could basically barely struggle to fight one or two at the time. It's like going, this should be a fairly easy decision. Again, mm. Leah Dama in the Pegasus went up against three base stars and held them off and basically destroyed most of them because he was in a Pegasus class, just, you know, battle star versus 
when one base star turned up, they're going with the Galactic, like, oh no, we're we're doomed. It's like going, well then get on that ship, you dumb mother. <laughs> anyway, I'm oh, sorry, rant, <laughs> rant, rant over. Look, um, this is all your fault, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I could make it worse. I could make it worse. I could do the ultimate um, test. Ooh. Right. The test I'm is scared. all three of you. All three of you have to answer this as soon as I've said the question. Oh, okay. I'm scared. Okay. I'm, so hold me. Hold me. Okay. I'm scared. Ready? Right. As soon as the question's left my lips, you have to answer it. Okay. No hesitating. No thought process. <laughs> Best Star Trek captain. Kirk. Uh, Ducard. Uh, Ducard. Picard. Picard. <laughs> Sorry, I said Ducard. I don't know why I said Ducard. Okay. I meant Picard. When you said when you said best, I'm not good I, under pressure. I did. I didn't. I didn't say the best. I just said the first name I could think of. <laughs> yeah, but you always go to your happiest memories of Bert. That's yeah. that's the thing. Don Luke Picard is the superior starship officer. See, I never liked Star Trek until Strange New Worlds. It's got to be Ben. I I I I fell in love with Star Trek on Next Gen, um, so that's why I'm. I, and obviously, it's it's it's, it's Patrick goddamn Stewart. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, what cannot what can that man do wrong? But yeah, watch it. I fell in love with it. The, well, Steph introduced me to Star Trek. We watched a few different ones. We watched, you know, the Discovery and all that kind of. I was like, uh, no, Next Gen was for me. So yeah, Picard for sure. But Cisco. Sorry, Cisco. It's got to be Cisco. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I. The only thing I have a thing of is Picard also brought on on humanity's head the Q and yes. the Borg. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yep. So no, he is not the best captain. Cisco, however, captains. But but again, define the best. What is it? What is your what is your metric definition of the best? The best is upholding the Starfleet tradition. The best is actually oh. being honourable, kind, and listening to those around them. Picard barely ever listened to those around him when it came to down to the crunch. He always said, the decision falls on my head and my head alone, especially when yes. it came to things like the Borg. Mm -hmm. So he was a very selfish leader in a, in a sense and a very selfish captain, whereas Cisco always, always sought his counsel, especially from those who had opposite opinions. Him and Major Kira had the most volatile captain first mate um, relationships, but it worked. Did it? It did. I don't know. Leadership <laughs> by committee is a dangerous type of leadership. But then that's democracy. Which is why democracy is a dangerous. This, and this, this is this is why Chris is all for <laughs> dictatorship, especially dictatorship run by Elon Musk. <laughs> I would I would argue with that. A, a long but... pause. <laughs> a long pause. Look, a good captain. Captains are not perfect, <laughs> and they should and they can't be. But a captain that second guesses his decision is a bad captain a captain that makes a decision and then pushes his head through it and goes and that's that like whether you make the right or wrong decision the most important thing is you make a decision now and you stand 
try that now decision. Cisco was not in any war scenarios or, or, or where he had to make he was in some okay I'm saying not not but, he, but you know Picard had to make point of the moment decisions were they always right no but he had to make it now the reason why he said you know decisions are mine alone to make because he makes them he is respond he is responsible for the success success but more importantly he is shielding his team from the failure because if he makes the decision alone it is his, it, the failure falls upon him yes you make the decision but make it on wise counsel well number 1 gave some counsel well when he wasn't <laughs> you know yeah but 9 times out of 10 he point blank went sodja fair point but no one could also, one can't argue with uh, Picard was more the iconic captain, I would say. I feel like I've flummoxed you there. He's conflicted because Picard has a British accent and you have a British accent. Yes. So the, it's kind of like. <laughs> no, see, no, Picard is the most British Frenchman you'll ever see in your life, apart from if you watch the BBC's Musketeer series. Where oh, you know, no, I was going to say, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I was going to say, John uh, Luc Picard is the most British. Frenchman you will ever meet, just like <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland is the most American Frenchman you will ever meet <laughs> from from the Musketeers movie. I will say this: the new one though is more. I know, yes, I, less I, French. I've heard no, as in as in the oh, no, Eng- sorry, as in the English speak English and the French speak French. That's my only thing. I really want to watch it, but the amount of drugs I'm on at the moment, I I can't do subtitles too much. So I really want to watch it though. Oh, no. There's more. Like, uh, I think at least the first 10 minutes, there's hardly any talking. That's okay. so more... Just fighting. No. Fighting and, you know, um, scenery, you know, things happening. Sexual intercourse. No, none of that. No, that's my books. You're getting mixed up there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd say the, the funny thing is, like, Steph's, Steph's re-watching Game of Thrones at the moment, and I'm watching stuff on my computer... So every time I look up, and this may be the prude, this may be the gay man in my in my style, but every time I look up, they're having sex. And I'm like, Game of Thrones is just sex, 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 sex. Why didn't I see this the first time I was I actually watched Game of Thrones? And uh, you know, I'm watching traditional Australian TV Blue Healers, where there's, you know, there's no inappropriateness at all there, you know. But uh, I just, yeah, just every time I look up when she's watching it, it seems to be someone's getting it on. That's why you know? our, our old friends, our old friend Seamus from the band days, Ryan, said, I started watching Game of Thrones. I've seen about 20 boobs and no throne. Shouldn't this be called yeah. Games of, Game of Boobs? Game of Boobs? <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad. Like, I'm not saying it's bad. I just didn't realise, I guess, now now that I, you know, I just didn't realise how much actual sex is, is, is in that show. Well, I think it's because in the first season you're distracted by the fact that they've got Sean Bean in it, yeah. and Sean Bean lends the you know the credit to yeah. the series when it started. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Now I that mean, you're done, Game of Thrones <laughs> followed the one rule when it comes to Sean Bean: always kill him. <laughs> you always have to kill him. It, he's a sacrificial lamb in movies. He has yep. to die in the movie mm-hmm. for it to be a good movie. The one movie he doesn't die in was terrible. Yeah, always must die. Jupiter's ascendant. Oh yeah, was that? That was a terrible movie. But he also they didn't did, sacrifice him. But yep. he also he also didn't die in National Treasure. And he also didn't die in uh, one of my favorite horror game 
one of my one of my favorite horror game franchises, Silent Hill. He was in the first movie, and he actually didn't die in that. And I hated that movie, and now I know why. Now I, I know why. Because Sean Bean didn't die. That's why it was a bad movie. Yeah, I can't. I can't watch Silent Hill. Why not? Because Sean Bean doesn't die. <laughs> because you know that air siren that yeah. they have. Oh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and you, unfortunately, yeah. my school also had the same air siren. Yeah. To signal the end of day. Ah. Yeah. So whenever oh, wow. I, I watched that movie, then went into school. Oh. Okay. I've Important. pulled up. I've pulled up a article just quickly. Ten mm. movies where Sean Bean lives. And it says it, the article's called "The Best Movies Where Sean Bean Doesn't." Is it die. written by? Is it written by IGN? No, it's not. Um, okay. this is, so this will be called "Correcting Movie Web." <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> welcome, to, welcome, Rebecca Castles, to a brand new segment called <laughs> "Movie Web." Now, J- Correcting yeah, Movie Jamie, Web. That, that, uh, Jamie has just thought up on the spot right now. Welcome. Oh, I did. You know, I, I did have a backup. Bunking Web. I actually did have a correcting IGN in case we got to it because uh, it was werewolf related. But um, correcting movie web, uh, Troy, Sean Bean uh, lives. He doesn't I die in that. Very yes, long time. I haven't seen him in a long time. So yes, all, he, all he I remember lives. is Brad Pitt swinging swords. He was the king of Ithaca. Yes, he did not uh, die. Yeah, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt swung a lot more than a sword in that movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! My my my! Very very nice. Um, I think what makes up for that is he sent someone to be sacrificed in that movie. A lot of people died on his behalf. Outsourcing. outsourcing. Yeah, he outsourced because he went went and recruited Brad Pitt. Yeah, okay, fair enough. And then Brad Pitt died. And then Brad Pitt died. So So the the, the the seven seven degrees of (laughs) sacrificial... Sacri- <laughs> sacrificing by yeah. Sean Bean. There you go. All right, yeah, cool. So, yeah. I'll, okay. I'll allow it. Debunked. Okay, number nine, flight plan. I've never seen it. Never seen it. Flight never plan. Seen it. I never, can't say I've never seen well, it. Well, if we've never see, seen it, it it's definitely not good. good. It can't, can't be good if I've not seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I watch good movies. It can't yes. be good. Uh, all right, number eight, shopping. Another one I haven't seen. No, nope. not seen. So, yeah. again, it's rubbish. Number yeah. seven, Silent Hill. We've mentioned that. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, uh, number six, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Oh yeah, because he he played Zeus. He, and yeah, well, I think but, it was Zeus that he played. But that was also not a good movie. Yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't. Uh, like it was not true to the books at all, which is why they're redoing it. And gonna, actually, no, Disney's redoing it. It's gonna be worse. Yeah, Disney's yeah. doing it, yeah. so, <laughs> and I guarantee you that it will. It's going to be, be worse. one of the yeah. good things. Yeah. That, no, 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 no. I have faith because I've read all the books. And I love it's the going to, It's I going to be Okay, Disney are rebooting it. If you think it's <laughs> going to be good, yeah. you've not seen a lot of Disney of late. I no. will give it a go. I will give it a go. And but in unison, with, we will tell you we told you so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but with that movie, I only ever get distracted by by the fact that um, right next to Sean Bean is Doctor Owen Hunt from Grey's Anatomy, like blown mm-hmm. up. So, <laughs> yeah. oh my! Um, number five, Stormy Monday. Never heard of it. Never, Never seen it. it. So therefore, it no. doesn't exist. Number four, uh, Jupiter Ascending. Yep. See, again, proving yeah. the point that he should have died, which means maybe 
I'm not sure if that would save the movie because that was a terrible film, but maybe it yeah. would. Um, number three, Ronan. I, I think this list is picking things where maybe he was a, he was a, he's got tiny little roles, so therefore a tiny he wasn't <laughs> killing off. Ah, he was an extra walking to the background. Yeah, <laughs> yep. So it doesn't does not like count. a Stan Lee. <laughs> yeah, well, it could have been. Um, or the fact that he just doesn't live in many movies. Number two, The Possessor. Haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that one. That's but a more recent one, I think. Number one, uh, The Martian. The Martian. Oh yeah, because he was yeah he was With one Matt, of the, the Matt Damon. Yeah, he was one of the like the 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 Houston we have a problem people in that yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah, Again, that's a movie I actually fell asleep on. So, oh, so, so you died of boredom. So I, I, the pacing was terrible in that well, movie. The, the, the best thing oh, about that movie was the fact that there was a whole lot of people that thought it was based on a true story. It was just, <laughs> it was just... people are not that. I was going to say people are not that dumb, but then I realised that no, that, people yes, aren't that bright. Yes, that's a fair <laughs> point. There you go. The people that was an that easy one now. Since Rebecca Castle loves facts so much, and she facts. believes that the, the facts lead to the true answers on on this whole debate on Picard versus Cisco, <laughs> Picard <laughs> wrote was by Starfleet was risen to the rank of admiral. Was Cisco? Cisco sacrificed his time with his loved ones and family to go and be with the wormhole aliens. So he didn't make the role, he didn't get promoted to admiral. No, he became omnipotent. But by Starfleet standard, was he an admiral? <laughs> he could have made himself an admiral. It but, didn't matter. Uh, he, uh, I mean, like, you know, by, by, by the sheer, again, that, so not only <laughs> does that make Picard a superior Starfleet officer, it makes Kirk a superior Starfleet officer because he was also made, made to admiral. Also, Pike, who was also made to Admiral. So I'm, three I'm actually going to argue this point. I'm going to argue this Three people point. who made Admiral, not Zizko. No, Jamie, no, I'm, I'm just going to read a comic, this. so just edit me out for this episode, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the time, right? <laughs> I, I will argue this because um, Cisco was given an opportunity to do something beyond himself. And that is a more enlightened path than that of self-congratulation of putting a pip on your sleeve. But he didn't go, he didn't join Starfleet for, for altruistic means. Everyone joins it for a reason. Yeah, but everyone has aspirations. And it's like, you see, um, Kirk cheated to get where he is. <laughs> okay? Mm. He did. He wouldn't have had those pips if he hadn't cheated. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Isn't that, isn't that the old isn't that the old military ad, like saying? In a war scenario, is there really cheating? Then what's the point of marriage? I think that, I'm not sure I classify marriage as a war. <laughs> oh, if you're not cheating, you're not so marriage. I think that that's. Saying mercy applies to war, I would not apply that to your marriage in general. In, in general, in general, as a general, exactly. as a general exactly. rule of thumb, yes. Okay, you know, I will agree. As a general rule of thumb, I would absolutely not apply that 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 logic to anywhere outside of where someone's trying to kill you. Then, okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's a fair. That is a fair. That is a fair statement of fact. 
gotta you gotta learn eventually, Chris. You're not gonna win against me. Uh, again, again I, I I still I still think I'm winning this argument because again, Admiral is when you join become an officer, what your goal or aspiration is admiral. He didn't yeah, achieve he did said the great he sacrificed that for a greater goal. So what but, she's saying, she she he has more integrity. No, no. He sacrificed himself, but having said that, because he sacrificed himself, if Starfleet would, how come they didn't posthumously grant him the admiralty, admiralty which they would have done when, with other great heroes when they sacrificed themselves, they give themselves a posthumous they, promotion. Because they scorned him for his relationship with mm. the wormhole aliens. Okay. Okay, so you're saying that, okay, so you're saying that from a moral standpoint, he is he is more successful. Mm. From mm-hmm. a, so from a feeling standpoint, but from a purely factual standpoint, Picard is the superior starship officer. <laughs> okay, can I just point out that none of us have mentioned Janeway? <laughs> that doesn't count. Janeway? She became an admiral. Oh, so then by that logic, she's also better than Sister. <laughs> by that logic, you fail completely in your argument. <laughs> what's wrong with Captain... Actually, I was, I was going to say what's wrong with Captain Janeway, but then I think that that's... The, I can't even make that sense. I can't even... I can't even say no, that. No, you can't say I can't that. Even, I can't even say that without laughing. <laughs> okay, are you not? Uh, yeah, so you've lost by saying that because Janeway got Admiral, she's better than Cisco. So you've lost your whole argument. Uh, God damn, Janeway, why did you have to become an Admiral? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what, I, I I have to, I you know what, I'm a man <laughs> of integrity and I will have to admit that yes, whilst Picard might be my <laughs> personal choice, I do have to agree that Rebecca Castle's point has merit. That's <laughs> merit. <laughs> that's as that's as close as you're gonna get, Rebecca. That's as close as you're gonna get. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Picard well had better lines, but again, I'm not. <laughs> he might get second episode of Clash of Horns and Claws now. Oh, <laughs> and isn't that truly what this is all about? This is all truly what this is all about. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So what have what have you been working on lately, Rebecca? Other than Clash of Horns and Claws? Um, I have got two new books that I'm working through. Uh one of them's been a bit more difficult because it's in the same universe as the Rising Dawn, same as Accepting the Unacceptable. Um it's all part of the same part and parcel, but it's trying to fit it because it runs parallel to what's happened in Rising Dawn. So the issue I'm having is getting it chronologically correct and getting characters to line up where they are, Ooh. when they are. That'd be difficult. In accordance to something that's already happened. Um, so it it's the niggly little bits in between, like how do I get them from point A to point B and have it fit the timeline. Mm. So that book is creating a bit of difficulty, but it's one that's close to my heart because it's based on a... The main character is based off a friend of mine. Okay. Um, one of the brownies. And 
this this book is for her. Good. Whereas the other book I'm working on actually completely um forgets werewolves. Mm. And it's based off of a nightmare of mine. Okay. Um so my husband, uh, when I first started going out with him, had aspirations of joining the army. Ah. But because I had finally said yes to being his girlfriend, he put those aspirations on hold because he wanted to see where we would end up. And he didn't think we would last with him being off and things like that. Mm -hmm. But when he finally told me this, I had a nightmare that he actually went and did it. And the worst case scenario happened. How would what would I do if I lost him mm. to war? It's a big nightmare of mine. So this um, story is about what I would personally have done had that happened to me. Okay. And it's about um, me taking. At back then, it was just uh, we'd only had Grace at the time. So it's about me going over to America. Obviously, not me, but a woman in similar circumstances going over to America to live her husband's dream of living in a cabin, having a simple life, and, you know, that sort of thing. Mm. So that's okay. that's what the book's about. It's more of a uh, refining yourself after your biggest nightmares come true. And is there a um you know you should tell you they they're fulfilling the husband's dream of living in a in a small cabin? Is there a, uh, a Henry Cavill shaped lumberjack that uh, might come into play? And you know, oh, I'm just there, trying there, to there is a romance, there is a romance, uh, there is there is the local yes. handyman. Yeah, yeah, oh, there we go. And does he yeah, have a chisel? Yeah, he... Well, it's it, it's along the lines of they get off to the wrong um wrong start because she's gone and bought the cabin that he's been saving up to buy um, and fix together Um, but obviously she's come and bought this cabin it's an absolute rundown and the only um, handyman in the entire (laughs) town is the guy that she beat to the punch so he's refusing to do the work she refuses to hire him it all goes a bit so naturally, up. naturally, mm. it's it's just the tension builds up and that, and it's misunder. There's a lot of misunderstandings between um, language barrier. I know it sounds daft having a language barrier between England and America, but there is. Oh yeah. The way we say things, Americans would find offensive, and vice versa. So certain t- terms are said, and the other ones taken offense, and just adds fuel to the fire. Um. And he makes the wrong assumption that she's a like run you know a runaway divorcee or something like that, not a widow. Um, okay. And it all causes havoc. So that's the book I'm going. I'm doing at the moment. Um, so that's that's one. So yeah, I've got two in the pipeline. Currently um, on the lookout for a new cover artist, though. That's another thing that's held me up on. Mm releasing i need a new cover artist uh my one's retired <laughs> so ai cover us if you're listening uh which you are listening because they're ai and that's what you do 
Contact with Andy Cassels, <laughs> the Rising Dawn series, Amazon. I always feel like every time you say the word Rising Dawn series, I have to go available now on Amazon. See, with that story, I don't. I think we should. I think that, uh, to me, it needs more dinosaurs. No, no, no. Yeah. It's not Henry Cavill. It's Chris Pratt. No, oh, you could do dinosaurs. I get it. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. And the main character, whilst I, I think Anya Taylor-Joy is where it is in my mind in terms of the the widower travelling across to America. Yes, that, that, I think that is. I think that's the <laughs> casting for this one. Obviously, Rebecca Castle probably has complete disagreement and has someone else in mind <laughs> in her in her head. But I think those are two fine choices for this particular casting. I think the issue I've got with the casting for this one is because it's so personable. Um, mm. it's very difficult for me to cast the female role. It is very difficult um, because this is something that I can't, you know, mm. I literally dreamt about happening to me, even though it's not happening. I mean, I woke up the next morning, the next day, and all day I was pissed off at my husband. Yep. <laughs> I was so how, angry yeah, How him. dare he... In your yeah. dream, do how something. Dare, in, in your subconscious, I, how dare he do something like that? Yeah, and all day he was wondering what the hell he had done because he knows when I'm angry with him because he gets one word answers. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, sure, mm-hmm. okay. Well, yeah, he was speaking yeah, full yeah. Welsh all day. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was going. I, I was doing all all one words in Welsh accent. Um, so he was like, "What have I done?" He, he had to put. He, he he had to squarely look at me in the eye and went, "What the hell have I done?" I went, "You went and joined the army, went and died, and left me on my own." He went, and now what? I've got to put up with this handyman who won't do anything for me. Exactly, and you know <laughs> yeah. it's all your fault. Yeah. So it was. Yeah. It. it that's why I've written this story. And do you have a do you have a timeline on when that might be coming out? Because I'd be very interested to read that. That one I'm hope, hoping to have done for um, before Valentine's Day. Okay. Because something that else occurred to me whilst I've been writing this book is I do actually know a widower of war. Okay. And she finds the hardest time of year is just before Valentine's Day because everyone mm. expects her to find new love. Mm. Right. But, you know, it, they're, they're all saying it's been years, you should put yourself back out there, da, 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 da. She'd rather, at that time of year, people just understand that she's had the love of her life yeah. and she just wants to live. Yep. I, 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 I don't want to say too much about because this is someone's personal feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. she can't be the only one out there thinking that. No, no, not at all. Rebecca, my my dad, he we lost mum thirteen years ago this coming year. He's exactly the same. He's like he, he you know, mum was his first love and first and only love, and he he's happy living his life. He said, "I don't," because I say to him, I jokingly say to him, like, "Well, you know, is there anyone up that up your way? Are you interested?" And he's like, "No." He goes, "I've had my one and only love, and I'm happy with that, and now I'm just living my life." So it's funny that you say that because that that's my dad in a nutshell. So yeah. there are definitely other people, you know, like who who feel that way, and yeah. I can. Yeah. They just want to be supported in their choice yeah. of how to deal with the life after love. Yep, that makes sense. You know? So I do kind of want to get this book done before 
Valentine's Day for this friend because she's the one that I've talked to her most about, you know, what what how she feels after it. Because yeah. she's always been very brutally honest about it. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, she's very young when it happened. They'd only been married for a year. Oh. Um, no yeah. kids. Okay. Um, so she she's she's like, I don't need to move on. And everyone's like, but you're still really young. It's like, I don't need to. When you've had, when you've met that person, yeah. When you, but so yeah. Some people, I truly believe that some people have one, one and only loves, and you know, like that's that's all they need. I believe my husband would be is that person for me. I can't imagine myself moving on. I just, I think there's something, and sorry for taking it down this path, but I think there's something really truly romantic about that, that there's just one person. And and look, if there's, you know, there's other people that that, that definitely can move on after that and then hats off to them. But, um, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a really beautiful thing sometimes, in my, in my opinion. But, yeah, not to get too sappy, but, yes. I think every now and again you need to have a bit of a sappy moment. Yeah, definitely. 100%. I mean, you know what 100%. I do? Yeah, you know, we've chatted quite a uh, <laughs> First time we ever chatted, you hear me? We went down the long uh, yeah. talk about, you know, carers and yeah, things yeah. like that. Um, it, it's it's very easy for me to talk about that side of things because I think everyone has a story to be told and everyone needs yeah. to have it heard. Granted, one guy at the care home would have his story told 20 times in a day, <laughs> but it was still his story to be told. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that's why I guess I, I, that's where my love of reading and I, I am a big, big uh, nonfiction guy. I love reading autobiographies and biographies and stuff like that, because I, I couldn't, I agree a hundred percent. Everyone has a story and it needs to be told. And that's why I find that I delve myself into if I'm feeling low or if I feel like anything, I need something particular, I'll jump into one of those and immerse myself in the story. And 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 well, I I could not agree more with that. One day, Ryan, you your story, you'll want that to be told. Oh, definitely. If you I could write a book, to... I would. Yeah. <laughs> so you might not want it told today or tomorrow, but your story yeah. will have a valid point to someone else down the road yeah. you've been through a very long arduous journey yourself yeah. but at the end of it you'll have a story that will mean something to others yeah I'd, I'd, I'd like to think so. everyone's the same in that everyone yeah. i mean i'm sure jamie and chris have their stories oh definitely just i, I i'm sure chris reimagines them all with dinosaurs in them <laughs> or space battles, depending on depending on space the scenario. Battles, yeah. Or Star Dinosaur. Wars done correctly. Or Star Wars done correctly, absolutely. Dinosaur space battles. Oh, don't, 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 don't you? Jamie, no, 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 no. I won't. Relax, Ryan. Relax. Uh, we don't. We don't have another five hours, Chris. You don't have the time. You don't have the time. I, I, I would be interested. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I would be interested to uh, put you on the air with my husband, Chris. I would, especially you know when it comes to Star Wars. You know what? Let's 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 do it. Let's organize uh husband. Okay, you know how there's there's that movie yeah. with Ryan Reynolds called The Hitman's Bodyguard? Yeah, bodyguard, yep. yeah. And then there's the Hitman's Bodyguard's wife, wife or, or, or wife, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll do that with reverse. We'll, with Rebecca Castle, we won't have 
Rebecca Castles on. We'll have Rebecca Castles' husband on. Outstanding. You better have a spare four or five hours for that. Outstanding. Yeah, that's what we say about Chris too. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's Perfect. that's why that's why I'm used sparingly because of the rants. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Jamie, on our first interview, you did say this is the longest interview. We yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you are in constantly uh, constant. Uh, what do you call it? Contest with with uh, another Ma- Martin, Martin Kearns. Kearns. Yeah, and um, Matthew Holmes. No, well, Matthew Holmes has only been on twice, and the first time it was like an hour and something, and this this time it was an hour forty. Yeah. Uh, but Martin Kearns is almost two hours. So long talking interviews, eh, Jamie? Yes, and that was without Chris. So yeah. No, if I was like, it would be shorter because I'd have said something that would have like stormed <laughs> off from like going, bah, bah, man. <laughs> you can't offend me because, as I've said so many times, it's a matter of opinion. You're mm. entitled to it. You know? For if you sure Everyone. I would offend Matthew Holmes. To be oh, I'll, I'll, be, yes. I'll oh. be sure Neil will offend you. I doubt that very much. I look very forward <laughs> to that. <laughs> I very much doubt that. I'll have to bring in the sound effects, like the bells. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> Round the one. Bells, the bells and whistles. Just as long yes. as I'm not one of those girls in the background. <laughs> the ring, yeah, the ring. <laughs> ring girls. Ring girls, ring girls, yes. Yeah. No, I'm not doing that for him. No. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for coming on again, Rebecca Castles. Mm-hmm. Oh, anytime. Um, I've e- enjoyed it. Even though all the links are in the show notes, just let us know where people can follow you, read your books, buy your books, support you, and all that. Okay, so you can follow me on Facebook at Rebecca Castle's Books. You can also join the group, which is the Rising Dawn Pack. Then you can obviously head over to the wonderful um, tycoon uh, shopping establishment known as Amazon. Um, and grab either a paperback or preferably an ebook. And if you are a Kindle um, Unlimited subscriber, you can get it on there and read at your leisure. Mm. Although read it fast because I get paid, paid per page. <laughs> really? Is that how that works? Yeah. Is that how I've always yeah. wondered how Kindle Unlimited work? Because I've I I have a I've got an avid Kindle Unlimited subscription at the moment. Um, but yeah, so you guys get paid per page, pay per page. So basically, it's depending on how many subscribers they've got that month. So, if the say, like they get 10 million pounds in subscribers, and the amount of pages I read, uh, say, I get I don't know, one million um, of pages read, yep. I get a percentage of ah. the subscription per page. Hmm. So if someone were to read your book multiple times, does that still equate? They'd have to have taken it off. And, and then, then put, put it, it back, back on. on again. Okay, cool. Excellent. I think I've found a way to make you some more money while I'm <laughs> not doing much at the moment. It has to be in a different month as well. It has to be in a different month Oh, okay. Put that all okay, figured yeah. out, don't they? Aren't they yeah. so clever with their so, little <laughs> monopolies yeah, it, on the money? It does work out. I mean, it, yeah. 
it's it is still better than if someone buys a paperback yeah, on Amazon. Yeah. Really? Because yeah, very much so. With a paperback, I only get maybe one pound sixty out of a nine pound ninety nine book. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the ebook, which is six ninety nine, I get seventy percent. Nice. Ah, that makes yeah, that that makes sense then. Ebook then, ebooks. Yeah. Well, you know that that's why I sell my books on my website because it's you know I've got them printed yeah. and I can sell them for whatever I want, and get whatever percentage I want. Sense as well. Yeah, I mean I, I'm not writing as fast as I usually do, but that's genuinely because I now have a four month old, yeah, and exactly. also my eldest, my nine year old, she's. Um, Becoming quite the um, professional dancer right now. Oh yeah, yeah. I've noticed you put up a lot of a lot of stuff. That that getting really yeah. into it. That's amazing. She's very much into it. You know, um, she's she just loves her dancing. So we're at the studio about five days a week right now. Oh wow, that's a lot. Um, yeah, she's got. A, I, I'm going to say she's got a massive competition next weekend. Massive one. It starts on the Friday at about five o'clock and doesn't finish till the Sunday at eight o'clock. Wow. Um, so it's a very big competition with lots of dress changes, lots of... Uh, she's got to get a, a spray tan, false oh, eyelashes, wow. the works, and she's nine. So, wow. yeah, this this whole week, this whole week coming up to that competition is either me in the studio helping her to practice or me at the at the tanning salon, or the nails, or something. So no mm. writing this week. <laughs> no, only, only in your head. <laughs> <laughs> That's if the voices let me. <laughs> I'm sure they can be persuaded and argued with. As per, as for all good deals, there's obviously wheel rooms in a deal. We can try it. We can try it. Can we? Yes. No. Ah. Of course, and if not, the voices in my head can have, could have a meeting with the voices in your head and, have, and, and work out some work out some some, some sort of. <laughs> Is that where that neural link comes in that you mentioned yep, earlier? That's right, absolutely. He's he's talking to Elon Musk right as we speak. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> and then eventually, uh, you know, I've said it before. We have to find one. One of your books should go. You should make an audible copy because I, like many other listeners, don't in, like reading words as. Is weird. Audible better, but but then apparently you know that's also quite expensive to produce an audible book because you have to find someone that can read it well. Yeah, yeah. you have to find someone and actually pay them to do it. You can't expect them to do it for free. Exactly, mm. Jamie, you could do it for free, um, couldn't you? Nah, it wouldn't be good quality. <laughs> you could do that in your. No, I'm just your... saying, I got nothing but yes. time, and I'm not too bad on the old voice acting. So you could do that. <laughs> you could do that, Jamie, <laughs> with your. Hi, if I'm I, a monotone if, voice character. This is my if monotone I can muster voice. up, if I can muster up the ability to fur, grow my first porno moustache <laughs> in my life, if Alan Rickman can do it with a monotone voice, well, you know. yeah, yeah. But, but I also work work six days a week, Chris. So it's kind of like a little. Yeah, you know. I don't understand how you could work six days a week. That's insane. Well, I drive there. I work and then I drive home. <laughs> Six days a week. What's the saying? I work smarter, not harder, Jamie. I don't work hard. I just I'm there all the time. 
I work six days a week when I'm not on maternity leave. Really? Get with the times, yeah. Chris. Jeez. Is that a thing now? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I work five to six days a week, depending on whether or not other people ring in sick or not. Clearly, inflation hasn't affected Chris. I don't, I'm, look, I, I'm sure You're making my me jealous. I want. Six, I want. I'm sure my I want to go back work to work six days a week or even more, probably. Yeah, I'm sure they do. I'm absolutely certain they do. I'm back to work in February. February. Trust me, as someone as someone who's had as much time off as I have in the last year. It, I want to work six days a week. I, and there's, I, I, I seriously am bored out of my freaking mind, man. Seriously. Well, I sympathize with you. There's only so many oh. creepy nappies I can change in a day. <laughs> well, well look, let's, let's put this out to the world. Hey, look, we have a wonderful sponsor, Rebecca Castles, but if we get more sponsors, then we can afford to pay Ryan to, yeah. Yeah. to do the podcast. To... Because there's only so guys? much porn on the internet. Once Ryan's, exactly. seen, Ryan's seen it all now, like there's look nothing at the mustache. else. There's yeah. nothing I'm else integrating left out myself. There. All well, categories. Well, He's, but he's, what he's, is it that rule of the internet, rule 69 of the internet, if it exists, there is porn of it? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's wrap it up. It's getting late or early. Yes. Um, Depends on where you are. <laughs> you know the deal. Reach out to us at the true and the fictional at gmail.com. Check us out on stories underscore podcast. Please support Rebecca Castle and the Rising Dawn Please. Please, Please. support. Please support Rebecca Castle. And jump on it as, as a sponsor. All this information is in the show notes. Check it out. But as always, I'm going to leave you with a final thought. If the Earth is the third planet from the sun, doesn't that make every country a third world country? Thank you. Catch you next time, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs>